Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number 12. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. I cannot believe it has been a year of Dockside Chats. No, me neither. As of March 7th, we celebrated a year since closing on our house. Yeah. A year as Disney locals, as Florida residents, kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and a year of Dockside margaritas. It's a lot of margaritas. It's a lot of margaritas. Uh, and uh, a lot to discuss tonight. But let's remember to kick off the show with the taste of our margarita. Because we kind of forgot that until we were like two topics into the last episode. So, Well, that's because I had a sip before we started recording just so I could carry it without spilling. All right. And then I forgot to do the taste. Yeah. I have the Añejo margarita, which... I haven't gotten in a long time. No. I haven't gotten that in a few years. And what did you get? I got the Chipotle pineapple. It's back. This is one of my favorites. This is this is a very much a full circle moment. In fact, I think I had it and even I enjoyed it. Yes, because I didn't think you were going to like anything with Chipotle, but you did try this well, one. Well, cheers. Cheers. Happy, happy one year of Dockside Chats. Happy margarita. As we see the fireworks in the distance at a soggy Disney Springs. Oh, that's delightful. That is good. Oh, Just hello. as I remember it. Yes, the Chipotle pineapple is the seasonal margarita for right now, until they run out. But it is a, uh, it's a soggy night. It, it has cleared out. Uh, it, it rained really hard. We haven't had rain here in a while, but uh, we got some heavy rain today, which we had almost a 0% chance of, and yet, well, you and I were coming to have a whole day of it, so of course it rained on us, but more about that later. It's just, I have not seen Disney Springs this quiet in a really, really long time. Well, we're sort of at that lull after President's Week, because a lot of, I forget, coming from New York, that the Northeast has President's Week. A lot of people don't, right. but we are going to talk about some of the other things that are going on, where even if the schools aren't closed... It's just a busy week in Orlando and the surrounding areas in general. Right. So now there's that maybe two-week lull before you get spring break crowds. Yeah, we're right in the middle of it, right? We'll put it to you this way. We were able to park in Lyme tonight, and we said we'll see you again in, uh, January, in January. After Marathon Weekend. All right, let's start Let's Let's start with a segment called What Are We Watching? Yes, more in our wheelhouse. Um but these are a couple things uh, that we've seen since our last recording. Um, we have a movie that we're not going to review for quite some time. And we have a couple of shows that I personally would like to do a bonus episode on. But I doubt that I'm going to get Sean to watch this one again. So let's get into it. Uh, since our last recording, we have seen Quantum Mania. Um, we saw it right after opening weekend. We've had a lot of visitors in town. We've been very fortunate. Uh, to have some friends and family visit us. Uh, so we didn't get it, uh, you know, a midnight premiere or anything, but we managed to see it right after opening weekend without having anything spoiled, which was wonderful. Uh, what did you think? I liked Quantum Mania. I liked Quantum Mania. I thought it was fun. I know a lot of people aren't really into it. I think that this is kind of the corner that Marvel has painted themselves into because if you didn't see Loki you're really going to be lost with who Kang is, why he matters. I think even if you didn't see WandaVision, you're going to be a little lost. The multiverse has muddied a lot of things. If you if you didn't see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, then you definitely have almost no clue what's happening in this movie. This is the corner that Marvel has painted themselves into. 
we see all of the films, we watch all of the television shows, so for us, like, No Skin Off Our Nose, I enjoyed it, but I can see where people disliked it. Yeah, I think this is unfortunately the turn that Marvel has made where I know a lot of people were hesitant to get into Marvel before because the mentality is sort of, I don't want to have to watch 12 movies to understand one. And I think up through Phase 4, you could pretty much jump in, and it might be a little bit confusing, but they did a good enough job of recapping and, and throwing to callbacks where you could still, for the most part, understand it. I think we are at the point of no return, where if you haven't been following along, it's unfortunately going to weed out a lot of people from... It's not going to be able to hold a lot of people's interest. Um, yeah. And you're certainly not going to be able to jump in at this point. But as far as Quantum Mania itself, I mean, I, I love Paul Rudd in every single thing that he's done. Uh, and this was no different. I loved him in this. However, I didn't love this as the end of an Ant-Man trilogy. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Ant-Man is going to be back. I just don't know if they're going to do a fourth movie. I hope not, if Love and Thunder was any indication. Um, I'm sure we'll see him pop up in other movies, maybe even in Loki. Um, but as far as the end of a trilogy, I didn't love it for Ant-Man, but I did like it as the introduction of Kang, because we did get a little appetizer in Loki, but even watching in Loki, I was like, this is your new big bad, like, what's the big deal? Now I get it. Um, and I think a lot of people were talking about how they felt uh, like Hope's character kind of took the back seat in this one, and I honestly disagree. I mean, this was more focused on her parents, so she had a lot bigger stakes in this one. I mean, obviously, Scott was, was worried about Cassie, but... Um, I think Hope had a lot bigger stakes in this one, especially because of all the repercussions from what Janet did when she was stuck in the quantum realm. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, because, you know, I know a lot of people haven't seen it yet and they are waiting for it to come to Disney+, Plus, so I'm not going to say too much more than that. But um, I, I think this was very much Hope's movie. And maybe she had less screen time, but I, I think it was very important to her character arc and she was an integral part of it. For sure. Um, we finished up National Treasure, the series on Disney+. Plus. This is what I was alluding to. I would like to do a bonus episode. I think you're done. You're not going to watch I, it again. I disliked this show so much. Um, I love National Treasure. I disliked every character on this show. Oh my goodness. I, there wasn't one that I liked. There wasn't one that I rooted for. I found them to be mostly annoying. And when when this show jumps the pink Cadillac, it really jumps the pink <laughs> Cadillac. Uh, it, it, this just wasn't it for me. You and I have had movies that have been very polarizing, but I don't think... We have ever disagreed so much on a show because I really enjoyed it. I liked how they passed the baton from the movies over to the series. Um, I think this is the best television show we've seen in a while as far as continuing off of what movies built. They certainly did it better than Mighty Ducks did. I think you, even you can at least give it that much. Yes. That I it was a seamless transition. 
there were there was nothing coming out of left field to pick up a new plot point. Everything tied back to the films in a in a really cohesive way. So kudos on that. Um, and I actually really like the cast. I'll, I'll give that to you. I think this might just be us aging. I think that these characters were very much a little Gen Z for our liking. Uh, but I did like the cast very much. I thought all the actors were very talented uh, and very believable. Um, but I really liked this series, honestly. Well, I think we're getting more. They teased that there's more on the way. Uh, let's talk about the return of The Mandalorian. A short episode uh, to start off this newest season, but it was a good episode. I think I was just happy to see Mando and Grogu back. Grogu is going to have such a heightened role in this season. They plant that very early on. I think it's also planting early on that we are starting to get further away from Star Wars films, and you're going to start delving more into Star Wars television shows, specifically from what I understand, the Star Wars animated television shows. That has a lot of people excited. I'm just happy to have it back because, as I've said in the past, I think that when when all is said and done, I think we're going to look back on The Mandalorian and I think a lot of us, myself included, will say that was probably the greatest television show of all time. Uh, certainly starting off strong in season three. Um, yeah, I, I like that Grogu is back in full force. Um, I like what they're setting up here. Um, I think this is just going to be another banger season. And I think you're right. I think there is a lot more being invested into Star Wars as television series as evidenced by Mando and Grogu being out in the parks on release day. Yes. That was a big deal because people have been pounding the table for it and they delivered. I can't wait to go back to Hollywood Studios just to see Mando and Grogu. Like, I just want to go see Mando and Grogu at this point. We were just shy of it. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. We missed it by a day or two. We missed it by one day, actually. Yeah, it was a day. Yeah. More on that in a few minutes. Let's talk about some of the stuff that we've been doing as Disney Parks locals. Or I should say as Orlando locals, because we, as you know, we do a lot with Disney, but we've also got passes to Universal Studios. And... This is one of our favorite times of the year at Universal. So we've, in the last week or two, we've spent a lot of time there. Yes. Even if we didn't have APs, I would have gone for the day just to experience Mardi Gras again because we did it for the first time back in 2017 when we were down for a visit. Uh, it wasn't a Disney trip. We were just here visiting friends and family. And uh, our friend Joe took us to Mardi Gras for the first time. And we had so much fun. So this is that was something. my convert day. Yes, that was your <laughs> the day that you put all of your Back to the Future issues aside, and you went to Universal and Jaws and Ghostbusters and King Kong. All right, you know. all right. But I do love Mummy. Uh, yes, I put it all aside because as as much as I love the festivals that Disney does, Universal's Mardi Gras. It's spectacular. It's as good as... I won't say, Not so much with the food, but with every... But, like, the entertainment, 
it's as good as anything you get at Disney. Yes, this has been something since we moved down here because we were just moved here uh, during Mardi Gras last year, so we weren't going to make it. But we have been talking about doing this with Joe since we opened the door to our home. Yeah. So I'm finally, I'm so happy we got to experience it. Not once, but twice. So the first time we went, um, our friend Pat, um, who you will know most notably from our show introduction, our great movie ride show intro, uh, and reviews such as um, Sorcerer's Apprentice and Age of Ultron. Black Cauldron. And Black Cauldron. Rescuers Down Under. Rescuers Down Under, yes. That Pat, who got ordained to marry us. He was here on vacation, and we realized there was an overlap, and we were like, we need to get him to Mardi Gras. Um, so I picked him up uh, at the airport. It was a Thursday night, the first night of his visit. And I took him to the Polite Pig, which actually I think we mentioned on our last recording because we, we did. did it in between. Yes. That's right. Yes. So they're up to date with that. Yes. So that is where we left them. Yeah. Because we actually recorded and then went to Mardi Gras with him. Correct. So... You knew about that. Uh, he and I, I spent I spent the night with him. He had a hotel over by Universal. Um, if, you, if you're looking to stay off-site at Universal, the Avanti Palms was very nice, and it's right next door to Endless Summer. I think it was a $7 Uber ride. You almost couldn't be closer to Universal property. No, and it's such in such a great area, too. It's near the Eye of Orlando as well. There's mini golf. There's great restaurants in that area. There's so much to do. Uh, it's, it's a great family resort, and the price point is very much family-friendly. Yeah, uh, so we stayed the night there. Uh, we went out to dinner at uh, City Walk. We went to Margaritaville. We took the party back to the room with us. We, we kept the party going for a little while longer. Uh, that was that was a rough morning waking up, but we woke up and we got to Universal because it was great. We were able to go to Universal earlier than you because there were certain attractions that he and I were interested in that you didn't want to do. But the, the important part was it didn't start the clock on the dog because, as you all know, we live an hour and 15 minutes from Disney and Universal. So... You know, once you factor in parking and getting through security, call it 90 minutes, you're looking at three hours in transit with the dog. We only have five hours to spend in the park. Right. So I went home Friday night, got back around 4 o'clock, and I was not even sure what state I was going to find you guys in. We we were okay on Saturday. Um, no, you weren't that bad. You were better than I expected to find you. Well, you, because you didn't see what happened on Friday. What really set us off, though, was that you guys had been doing most of the shows, because Pat hasn't been to Universal in years, yeah. so uh, you guys did most of the shows and not a lot of rides, and no sooner did I show up, you guys refilled your beers, and this couple that was leaving goes, here, we have express passes, we don't want them to go to waste, we're leaving the park, there's three of them. And our jaws collectively hit the floor. We were like, are you kidding me? We just got pixie dusted <laughs> I, at, at Universal. Would you call that we got wizarded? I don't know, which, I don't know what, the, what the Universal equivalent of a pixie dust is. Yeah, I, I would say wizarded. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would have said we got sports almanac, but we can't do that anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Bart and Homer. 
But that ended up being one of the best things, though, because in the 90 minutes that we had those passes, we were able to squeeze a lot in that we otherwise didn't plan on doing before that parade got started. Got on E.T., Men in Black, and you guys got on The Mummy yeah. in like an hour and a half. We never would have been able to pull that off. I mean, the wait for the wait for the Mummy was 90 minutes, and we got all three rides done in 90 minutes and then had time to kill. So, yeah, uh, refilled the beers again um, because they have those really great refillable mugs that light up on the bottom and are also rechargeable. But not dishwasher safe. No, don't put them in the dishwasher. Um, I did not learn that the hard way, but I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody was thinking about it. uh, And we saw the Mardi Gras parade, which, I mean, I have had feet don't fail me now stuck in my head. It's a bop. For three weeks. It is a bop. Same way booty you got stuck in there, feet don't fail me now, we'll be, we'll be stuck. Uh, it's a wonderful parade. The floats are awesome. It's so much fun. Catching beads. Um, there was a virtual queue that I would have gotten us on, because you can actually do either a dining package or a virtual queue to get on the floats to throw the beads. But it was Pat's vacation, and we didn't want to eat up his time. Because they, they're up front. They're like, this is two to three hours out of your day if you're going to be on this parade float. So... I think something that you and I are going to try for. If not... We still have a month left of Mardi Gras. I, I we might be able to it. pull this off. We might be able to pull it off. We're going to try. And if not this year, definitely next year. But I want to go at least one more time to Mardi Gras. Heck yeah. The day after Mardi Gras, because I hadn't put myself through enough. Right. Uh, I drove to Daytona. And I went to the Daytona 500. I am a NASCAR fan. I've been a NASCAR fan for over 20 years. I've always wanted to go to the Daytona 500, and I'm not going to wax poetic about it for too long because that's not what we're here to talk about, but I will say that for value on the dollar, the Daytona 500 is some of the best entertainment money I have ever spent, period. The reason why I'm bringing this up on this podcast is because there are an influx of travelers that time of the year between coming down for President's Week, coming down early for Princess, coming down for Daytona, you have a lot of cross-pollination between Disney fans and NASCAR fans. If you're a NASCAR fan and you have a trip planned, I would implore you, if you're looking for a day off from the parks, or if, you know, dad has to get away for a day... Or, maybe mom's running princess, so there's something in it for dad. Right, or maybe mom and daughter are gonna go to uh, they're gonna go to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and dad and junior are looking to find something to do off property. Daytona 500. It's like an hour and change drive from Orlando. There's a Bucky's. Bucky's within itself is worth the drive, but yeah. I will tell you for the hundred and forty dollars I spent on my ticket, my parking was free. They had giveaways all day. They had driver meets all day. They had a ton of great interactive experiences. Like, if you have a kid, they would have had a blast. And they let you bring your own food and drink into the venue, including beer. So, like, if we had gone to a Yankee game, for example, I would have spent more than a third of the ticket just on parking. Once you factor in food and then the actual ticket for the event, it would have far exceeded. So if you're looking for something family-friendly while you're down here on your Disney trip and you're a NASCAR fan, highly recommend. It's one of the best sporting events I've ever gone to. 
Um, so this was kind of surprising because between Daytona being one weekend and Princess being the following, and as I mentioned, a lot of schools were off that week, I thought there were going to be some nightmare crowds at Disney. Um, and to my surprise, there really weren't because my brother came in that Wednesday night. Um, so as soon as Pat left, we had another visitor. Yeah. Um, so your which, brother lands smack in the middle of Daytona, of Daytona and, Princess. and Princess. That Wednesday. And he had been mentioning he really wanted to try Polite Pig because he always sees my pictures of it and he really likes bourbon. So I was like, all right, I'll pick. He had a later flight. I was like, I'll pick you up from the airport. We'll have dinner at Polite Pig. So I go to pick him up at the airport and he came in to Terminal B and I am sitting in a line of cars to just get up to the terminal for arriving flights. And I went, uh-oh, thinking that, you know, fully expecting these crowds, but thinking that Disney Springs was going to be a nightmare. I get him, we get to Springs, get to Polite Pig, we parked in Orange, not Lime, so it wasn't, it wasn't that empty, but we did walk right up to the bar at Polite Pig and got a seat immediately. That's, that's an accomplishment so on any night. I was very, very surprised about that. And then we went to Gideon's and it was maybe a 15-minute wait. That was shocking to me. Always a good night if you can get to Gideon's, but if you can get in and out of there in under 20 minutes, go buy yourself a lotto ticket. Um, but it was worth it because uh, we brought Gideon's home to my family before, but my brother loves that kind of aesthetic so I was like you gotta go I gotta take you to the shop and um, he really enjoyed it so that was fun um, and then something else that we did uh, while he was here that I wanted to mention because again you know we know a lot of people are coming to Disney and if you're doing a week-long vacation but maybe you only want to do four days in the parks you want to give yourself a couple days off we thought this was worth mentioning uh, I took him on an airboat tour so there's one actually relatively close to us uh, it's in Melbourne uh, on 192, it's called Camp Holly. Um, they really have like a brilliant setup there. They have like a little band shell with live music. Um, they have the Gator Grill, so you can get lunch while you're waiting. Like you could make a whole day out of this. Um, and and they're wonderful. They're so knowledgeable. Um, we saw probably a 15 foot gator while we were out that day and the boat approached it and he jumped right in the water and it, it was absolutely incredible um i had done this tour with my parents in may of last year when they were here and we didn't see nearly as many gators as we did uh this time around i would say we saw like five or six really large gators so camp holly if you're interested in doing something like that um and they're not crazy expensive either um, and then before my brother left, um, I took him back to Disney Springs and we went to Homecoming, um, which is just spectacular all of the time. Um, I tried their Cuban sandwich for the first time. I never have because usually we're, we're all about like the brunch foods. Um, or the apps. Yeah, or the apps. And uh, it was one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Um, that day was a little bit more crowded, though. Um, this was the Monday uh, after Princess, so I kind of expected those who were running the race would take the extra day, or they're flying out that day, maybe not doing a park, but they're coming to Springs. It was You could feel it as you were walking 
you could see it in the parking garage. It was it was a little heavy that day, but we still did get seating at the bar pretty quickly. Then the next day, we had an action-packed couple of weeks. We really did. The next day, there was spring training at ESPN's Wide World of Sports. Now, the, the Atlanta Braves had been there for a long time. They have since moved to Northport, Florida, uh, on the Gulf Coast. So they have this beautiful facility that had been gone that had been unused for I think three years now. I think it's been three years since the Braves left. But unfortunately, because of the hurricanes this year, the Tampa Bay Rays, their spring training facility was damaged. So they held at least a part of spring training at Wide World of Sports. So where this is going is that they were playing the Yankees that day and in my wildest dreams, did I ever think I would be seeing the Yankees at Disney? Hopefully, if they win a World Series, you hope that they come yeah. here. Hopefully, Aaron Judge is <laughs> here in November on a parade. Yeah, hopefully we'll Mouse. see you again. But um, no, this was awesome. First of all, that we didn't have to drive all the way to Tampa to see a spring training game, but to see them here at Wide World of Sports, which is just such a nice facility. Oh, I love Wide World. I it's love fantastic. It. I mean, we've spent a lot of time there recently because you've been doing all these races and, and we go for pickup. Um, but it was so nice to be actually able to see a game there. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that once you're through security, you can walk the whole concourse um, because they have a lot of roller bars in the stadium itself, and those lines were absolutely crazy. They were horrific. But all we did was walk back up to the main beer tent, and you hardly waited at all. There's food trucks on the concourse that you the can go to. The better food was out there, too. Absolutely. Uh, but it was such a nice day, even though the Yankees got blown out the water and judge was not there it's practice at the end of the day i was just happy to see a baseball game but there were there were silver linings to the yankees getting blown out of the water by the way 27 dollars for the ticket we were in the fourth row yeah so again worth mentioning but there was a silver lining to the yankees being blown out um so i realized that we still had in, in the seventh inning is when they really started getting blown out, and I knew people were going to start leaving, because it was a pretty split crowd, so I knew once we got into the eighth, through the eighth, everybody was really going to start leaving, parking was going to be a nightmare, and I was thinking we had a little bit of time on our hands before we had to start heading back for the jog, um, and I said to Sean, listen, we have some time to kill, and he was like... Are you thinking of going to Disney Springs? And I said, no. I'm thinking of going to Baseline Tap House because we've not been yet as locals. And you looked like Christmas morning. I've never been more proud of you. <laughs> so I immediately went on the app and I, I made a park reservation because it's not after April 18th, I think is the date that we don't need the resis after 2 p.m. Yeah. But we're not there quite yet. So able was able to get a resi. Um, and uh, it was a seven-minute drive. Yes, so we went from baseball to baseline. Got a, got the, the nice Bavarian pretzel with the beer cheese dip. Had a couple of beers. The weather, it was, it, it was hot that it day. It was hot. Uh, that was the other reason. I mean, like, I we were there for the purpose of spring training, so I didn't really want to leave because that's what we were there to do. But we were roasting in the sun all day. No matter how many applications of sunscreen, like you could just feel yourself burning. I was like, all right, I, I want to get out of this a little bit and get some shade. Uh, something worth noting. 
And we'll report back on this. I don't know if this was something that they did because it wasn't a run Disney event. Or if they're changing their cups for this year at Wide World. Oh, good point. I brought the cups that I've been bringing with me for years to run Disney events. The ones that say Wide World of Sports on them. They're clear. They're clear. When we got there, the cups, this time, the cups were blue. And they would not refill my clear cup. We kind of knew right away. We were like, oh, we're not getting discounted refills today. Now, I'm interested to see... I'm hopefully running Spring Surprise. Admittedly, I did not get in on my first go-around, but they keep opening up availability, so I'm hoping that I get in. Uh, If not, I won't be running Run Disney until Wine and Dine, which is okay. There's another race that day that I'll run in Melbourne, if not that one, that I had on my list anyway. Um, But I'm trying to get in. My point being, I'll be interested at Packet Pickup with the running team when we meet for beers whether it's going to be the blue cups or the clear cups. I'm hoping that they're not rotating these out seasonally and it's clear cups for Run Disney and then depending on what sport or what else is there, they're changing it with the color because I really don't think it would be fair to make the runners who do all of these Run Disney events, especially when you have a membership now, to change out the cups on them every single time. I mean... If you're changing out three or four cups a year, yeah, it kind of stinks. But at the same time, like, I've saved so much money over the last, like, seven years with my run Disney cups that I I don't mind splurging the extra, you know, five or six dollars once a year if I had to. I'd prefer not to, but we're going to find out soon enough. Anyway, see, and now you got me all worked up. My heart rate monitor is going off. (laughs) Have a sip of your margarita. Slow that down. Uh, One more thing we did get to do before we left studios. Um, I picked out an early birthday present for myself because when I saw it on Shop Disney, the noise that I made was, like, not even human. Uh, It is the new lounge fly um, for the 100th 100th anniversary celebration uh, that features Steamboat Willie, and it's got a film reel that actually turns. And I was like... Okay, I need this. Me, who swore I was never going to start a lounge fly collection, knew that this was going to be my second one, and the gateway has opened. Here we are. Um, so Sean said, as soon as we saw it anywhere, we would We're grab it before it. they ran out. Because um, your birthday's not until May, but I was not willing to gamble. Like if we see it, we know how this goes at Disney. If you see it once, you may never see it again. So, so the Yankees it. cost you like eighty bucks that day. You're saying how much you saved on parking and drinks and stuff. And now the Yankees cost you 80 bucks. Because we did see it. Um, There were about five left. Yeah, uh, not a lot. At studios. And And, and noteworthy, it's the only place that we have seen it. Yes, because I've been to WAD several times, and and it hasn't been there yet. But WAD, Epcot, uh, we haven't seen it anywhere. No. Not even Magic Kingdom. That one day we were at Magic Kingdom, we haven't seen this... We saw it. I was not letting you put it down. Thank you. You're I love welcome. It. I, I'm obsessed with it. It is It is the perfect lounge fly. So, after that, a couple of, couple of days go by. We catch our breath a little bit. But, I don't know if you know this or not. My feet don't fail me. 
and yours more times than not don't fail you. Back to Universal we went for round two of Mardi Gras. On Joe's birthday. This was how he wanted to celebrate, and we were like, we've only been talking about this for a year, so we're, we're going big. Uh, so we started the day uh, with dinner at Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium. Yes. Which, if you've never been, I know sometimes it's hard to get into, uh, but if you are near Universal, if you're going for the day, cannot recommend it enough. The food is always great, but the theming in there is just impeccable. It is, it is like... Gideon's, but with chocolate. It's so good. Not as gothy, but it's steampunky. Steampunk, yeah. Uh, and the story that they have there is very, very impressive. Um, it, it really is great. This has been like our third time eating there, I think. Uh, and it's yeah. it's always just a really fun experience. So, it's consistently good. Yeah. We had a great time there. We went over to the Cursed Coconut Club. Which we did do with Pat, too. We forgot to mention that. So we've been, twice we've been through Cursed Coconut. Yes, that was the Friday before I left you guys. That's where the trouble started. <laughs> uh, the bartenders there are absolutely wonderful, always. Fantastic. Um, and I like what they're doing now. It's, it's not exactly official, but they started it with the... Dead Coconut Club seasonally with um, Halloween Horror Nights. Then at Christmas, it was the red and green green coconut. And now for Mardi Gras, it's the cursed coconut. We're hoping they'll do one for summer, but I kind of think it's safe to say it's going to be like a year-round club. A lot of times they will do private events there. Uh, Like the night that we went to see Kevin Smith's Q&A, we were shut out for a private event. Probably Kevin Smith was having an event. Uh, So usually... Saturday nights, it's kind of tough to get in there, uh, but this was a Saturday. We were able to get in. Um, we saw some entertainment this time, which we didn't get the to the sirens. first time we went. They were awesome. They do um, like a almost like a 40 style USO kind of music. So it's not a USO show. It's all themed uh, to whatever the bar is, but it's in that style of music. Yeah, like that jazz blues. And, and they'll... Uh, well, they did... Uh, Power of Love as a little hat tip to Back to the Future but it was in that style and it just sounded so incredible their harmony was amazing it, it was it was just a really great night drinks are good theme is great I absolutely loved it scored more beads this time around because we had a better spot for the parade um, and I felt like this crowd on these floats were a little bit more into it than they yes. were when we went with Pat the first time. I would agree with that. They, it was an absolute blast, though. We had so much fun. I think it was also where we were standing because the first time we saw it, we were up towards the New York section, and it was towards the end of the parade. Here, we stood by the, um, the monster show. Yes. And it's right where the floats come out, and everybody's all hyped up. It was it they're was adrenal- fantastic. Their adrenaline's high. When you get them towards the end, they're tired. No, and they're not throwing as far. No. They were throwing plenty far this time. We got lots of beads. We did. My feet didn't fail me, but the next day, my whole body failed me. So, uh, we went today, actually. We had planned a day out. We knew we wanted to come and talk 
dockside margaritas with you and talk dockside chat and what we've been doing as locals, right? We planned a day around it. Um, as most people who have been following the show know, I work in food and beverage, so we did not get to celebrate a proper Valentine's Day because I worked on Valentine's Day. And as you've heard with the last couple of dockside chats, we've had a lot of visitors, which has been great. It's not meant to be a complaint. But the point is, we never got to go out and celebrate. Right, because we didn't have the day of on Valentine's Day, nor did we have the weekend coming in or out of it. So we knew that we wanted to go to California Grill because they have the prefix menu for the 50th anniversary going for another couple of weeks. It's it's crazy that the, at the time of this recording, the 50th is going to end in like two and a half weeks. After a year and a half. It's going to be kind of weird not being around the 50th. Like, in a way, like, I'm kind of sad. Like, I'm going to miss it. But at the same time, like, it's it's 2023. Like, we do have to move on. Yeah. But it's going to be weird I'm not gonna seeing miss it, the though. statues anymore. No, I think the statues are staying. I think Even the, with the 50th emblem, like, yeah. card stamped on there? I mean, they sold us all of these Magic Band Pluses. I think they're staying. I think the icons are going to stay. But I think a lot of the... I think some of the deck decor off of Cinderella's Castle is coming down. I hope not, though, because I think Cinderella's Castle looks awesome. Um, it does. I mean, I love the paint job. The only thing I will not be sad to see go is all of the extra ribbons and stuff because it did prevent them from doing the icicle lights. Agreed. So I would trade those in for the more traditional Christmas decorations. You may be right about... The, the icons, though, because you could argue that it's not just for the 50th anniversary. They are the Fab 50. Right. I, so I, maybe. I, I don't think those I don't are going know. I haven't heard anything, honestly. If anything, they might just take the, the emblems off for the 50th anniversary and leave them. Yeah. I guess we'll find out soon enough. But anyway, we wanted to make sure that we got to uh, California Grill. And we had, in November, had drinks at California Grill because... You can go, if they have spots, and go sit at the bar and have drinks. And you can also have dinner. So that was kind of our plan, was we were going to go early and go have dinner before we came and recorded Dockside. And just sit at the bar, and that would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, we did, I, I'll admit this, we drove to the Poly because... We knew that we didn't have a reservation at the Contempo. They weren't going to let us park there. Frankly, I didn't want to deal with weekend traffic at the TTC, going, people going to Magic Kingdom. I like, no, no interest, no thank you. We went to the Poly because legitimately we were going to go to Trader... Well, we did go to Trader Sam's. That's where this is going. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we were legitimately going to go. But knowing that the, the way to Trader Sam's can be two or three hours, we said, you know, we'll go put our name in jump on the monorail, shoot over to the Contempo, and go have dinner at the bar. By the time we're done, we'll get back on the monorail, go back to the Poly. Hopefully by then they call our name at Trader Sam's. We'll have a drink there, and then we'll get in the car and drive to Springs and do, do Dockside. Um, so we had this plan for, you know, a few days, and it just happened to be this afternoon. I said, yeah, let me go look at the menu because I kind of knew what I wanted, but I wanted to look at the menu one more time for California Grill. California Grill, it's geo-blocked unless you are at the Contempo. They have a virtual 
walk-up list on the My Disney Experience app, which we didn't know until today. So we went to the Poly, we put our name in at Trader Sam's, it was like a two and a half hour wait. Yes. We got on the monorail, went to the Contempo, as soon as we got there, the geo block was lifted, 10 minute wait. Which I don't even think we waited at that point. I think it was maybe five minutes. I think maybe they pad that, or that's probably like the minimum that they can put in the system. Uh, but you got the text almost immediately that we were ready. Uh, we, we went to the second floor for check-in, and they send you right up to the 15th floor. So if you can't get a California Grill reservation, know that they open at 5 o'clock, and you can always join the virtual walk-up list, and hey, you might get lucky. Yeah, I mean, we can't promise that for everyone, but, and you also, full disclosure, you don't get, like, the perfect view of the castle. We kind of felt like there was a whole section for the last-minute walk-ups in the corner, but it's still beautiful. I was too. Beautiful sunset views. We weren't even expecting that. Um, But also something to keep in mind, too, if you want to see the fireworks, um, because you could try and time it out to get your walk-up during the fireworks show, or... I didn't know this. If you eat early, they if you hold on to your receipt, they will let you back up later to watch from the catwalk. It's smart. Which is a great hack. It's a great hack because, you know, for two people to eat dinner, I mean, I'll be full disclosure, for the two of us to eat dinner and we each had a glass of wine, um, they do take the AP discount there, which was good to know. Um, the bill was still over 200 bucks. I'm not complaining about that because that's what you pay in fine dining. And we had a three-course meal. So we each had an appetizer. We each had an entree. We each had a dessert. We each had wine. I thought the price was very fair for the quality of food that you got. But, like, in all fairness to you as the consumer, like, you spend on a low end 200 bucks on dinner. It's nice that they say, show me the receipt and you can come up here and watch the fireworks later. You, you know, you go outside on the walkway... But I didn't know that they did that. Um, and I, I thought that either. that was really nice. It was just like, it's one of those added touches that I feel like, I feel like Disney got away from those for a long time. Mm. But now that the ball of Death Star is gone, uh, <laughs> we're, we're starting to get back into the magic. Um, this is, people are happy here. Speaking of added touches, our waiter Jason was absolutely phenomenal. He was incredible. He was so attentive. He was so nice. He made some great suggestions, and by suggestions I mean the the menu items that we were on the fence about when he was going through his favorites. He just confirmed what we were already thinking. So let's talk about some of this food. Starting with one of the best bread services I've ever had in my life. That focaccia bread. The focaccia bread, it's so light and fluffy, but what really got me was the butter. It's not flavored, it's not like a truffle butter, it's not a garlic butter. You would have been able to pick something like that up. And I said to Sean, it's not the taste, it's the texture. Something is different. So when Jason came back, uh, he asked us if we wanted more bread. We said yes, because it's us. Yeah. And um, he was like, sure, I'll bring you a little bit more. He's like, it's great, isn't it? I was like, yeah, I was like, "It's, it's really the butter. More than anything else, I just want something to put the butter on. And he goes, it's European butter. They use all the good fatty stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there we have it. It was like the Himalayan sea salt was on. Oh, it was so good. Um, and the olive oil, that garlic olive oil. You never go for oil. No, and I loved it. It was so good. It was 
delicious. If that was the whole meal, I would have been fine. Uh, for appetizers, I got sushi. Because um, I haven't had, like, really good sushi in a while. Um, I have yet to find, like, a great spot near us. We've, we've found some places, but... I wanted, like, really, really good sushi, and this was absolutely killer. It was a big plate, too. It was. It was It was three rolls. It was nine pieces. It, was, thi- it was a lot. The thing is this, too. Like, if you break down... If you break down your courses, like, mentally, price point, dessert, call it 15... You know, you're, you're at Disney, folks. Dessert, 15 bucks. Appetizer, 20 bucks. And then tack on another... 50 or 60 for your entree. Like you could liter- you could really justify the cost of this meal. The quality was out of bounds, but I could not believe when he brought that sushi plate to you how much food was on that plate. Yeah. No, and the the quality was just incredible. It was so good. And that's the thing. I kind of I was debating it because I was like I could get sushi anywhere, but he really recommended it. He said the the spicy roll was something really different. It's it's some of the best that you can have. And he's right. That's it. I, I figured for a prefix menu, why not go for it? And it was worth it. I had the uh, braised short rib wontons. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were just unbelievable with the radish and the chili sauce. My mouth is watering. I want them again. Uh, they were so, so good. I... I thought they were going to be fried because they were a wonton, but they weren't. They were steamed, and that was just fine with me. Uh, I think if if they were fried, I think it actually would have taken away from the texture. Mm. Um, my God, it was so good. Yeah, after the appetizers, I think I was already reevaluating my top five favorite restaurants in Disney. Uh, and then for the main course, I got... Uh, the grouper which was incredible it was served with like a coconut lime sauce and bok choy and um, shiitake mushrooms and just that combination of flavors it, it was just so good like I cannot even describe it I've never actually that's what I was thinking when I was eating it I've never understood how people could describe a dish as vibrant until tonight yeah, it looked good. And I don't even like fish. I had the filet of beef. Oh, this thing, you want to talk about a perfectly cooked, soft. This is the softest. It's a seven ounce filet mignon. It had carrots, it had potatoes, it had, I think it was like a, some sort of carrot puree. I don't know. All I know is that it was all deliciousness. But this was the softest beef I've ever eaten in my life. It was in the top three. I'm not even go five. I'm gonna say top three wow. steaks I've ever had in my life. No, it, unbelievable. It, it was like butter. Like as you really didn't have to cut into it too hard. Well, at all. no. That you know what? That's my one critique. As weird as this sounds, there the knives were dull because when I went to go cut yeah. into it the first time, I went, "Oh my god." This is shoe leather because I couldn't cut into the steak. And I thought, oh my God, like I'm about to get catfished on, on a California grill. As soon as, <laughs> but like I'm looking, but as soon as I definitely, as soon as I was able to cut through it, I looked at it and I said, this has an incredible 
cook on it, as soon as I popped it in my mouth, I said, oh my God, this is so soft. It is so tender. It is so flavorful. Dull Knives is my only critique. And it's a dumb critique. Except it's kind of not, though, because when you have to force the knife through, all you're doing is bleeding juice out of the steak because you're kind of smushing the steak. Uh, they need to sharpen the steak knives. No, or even um, with the butter, too. I was afraid that I was going to do the uh, Pretty Woman shrimp flip because uh-huh. I was, like, putting a little bit of pressure on that knife to get through the... And it's butter. But I, I was afraid I was going to, like, fling the rest of it at you. Um no, but other than that, that's a minor critique because even, you know, when we got there, it was a beautiful sunset and then a storm rolled in relatively quickly. But, you know, it's not like we were up there trying to watch the fireworks, so it didn't right. ruin the whole night. Um, we got to see the sunset. It just felt like we were dining in a cloud. Uh, and just when I thought we couldn't possibly eat any more, dessert comes along. Um, oh. So I had the peanut butter and banana I forget exactly what it was called but um, it, it basically it tastes like a giant Reese's peanut butter cup um, but better it was it was so smooth the peanut butter was so creamy um, and it's got like a little wafer on the bottom it was just it was so good it's a Reese's peanut butter cup with salt meets bananas foster yeah I had the iridescent creme brulee Outstanding. Just, I'm a creme brulee freak. I love creme brulee. It's it's not the best I've ever had. And that's not a knock at anybody. Mrs. London's, Saratoga Springs, New York. If you know, you know. That's the best creme brulee on the planet. This was really good, though. What was impressive, though, was the plating. Because normally they serve the creme brulee in the ramekin. And they had flipped it out and it it looked like a little flan and it didn't break apart. I'll put it to you this way. It's probably the second best creme brulee I've ever had. I thought it was better than the creme brulee I've gotten at Amaretz and and I think the one at Amaretz is very good but I thought this one was better. So the point is for the 89 bucks a head plus tax that's a good it's a good celebration meal. It's not something that, realistically, you could do often, which is why it's not at the top of my list of best meals I've ever had at Disney. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. It's towards the top of the list of the best meals I've had at Disney. It's towards the top of my favorite Disney restaurants, but it's not at the top, only because it's not something that you can revisit as often as you're going to want to. But at the same time, had we done this on vacation, I would have said just overall one of the best experiences we've ever had. Agreed. Um, But with that being said, you know, I know that a lot of people were very put off by them eliminating the a la carte menu and imposing a price tag like this on it. If you are so inclined, I do recommend that you try it because I think it's worth it and the way that you know to your point before the way you broke down the price point if you were to go to Allen Compass um, or perhaps even Steakhouse 71 in the same hotel and you got an appetizer a main course and a dessert you're gonna be in the ballpark anyway 
Right. So why not go and experience it with these magnificent views and excellent service? Well, it's a, this is a fine dining experience. This isn't show up in your t-shirt and your flip-flops. It, it's just not. Um, they're, they're probably not going to turn you away, though they do mention on the My Disney Experience app that there's a dress code that they would prefer that you adhere to. It is fine dining. It's worth it. I would... I would do it yearly. I'd make it a yearly thing. And part of that is the price is a little high, but you're getting excellent meal, excellent service, excellent all-around experience for the money. The other thing is there's just so many places to go here right. and so much to see that it makes it difficult to make that one a repeatable experience more than once a year. Um... Well, we left from there. We got on the monorail because as we were leaving, I got the um, I got the notification that um, our name had been called for Trader Sam's, and uh, we hopped on the monorail. We made it in our 15-minute window, and we went to Trader Sam's. The first time we have been there as Disney locals. This is the first time we've been there in years. We've not gone. Probably on our last two vacations, I don't think. No, we had been using the outdoor patio, that side window, because the line was always too long. The wait was too long to get in. So maybe, yeah, maybe 2019. No, I think 17. I haven't been, uh, no, 17. We haven't been, you know what you're thinking about 2019? And it wasn't 2019, it was 2018. We went to Trader Sam's at Disneyland. Yes. That's the last time we were in a Trader Sam's. Yeah. That so was So it was 2017 at Walt, at Walt Disney World. I love. What a great experience. I love Trader Sam's. I've, I've been saying it since the first time we went. It is one of the best things that the Imagineers have ever done. And a lot of that also has to do with the cast members working there who just get so into the performance and, you know, ribbing everyone a little bit. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. But anyway, yeah, so that's it. That's that's our that's our monoreal, that's our dockside chat for this month. That's everything really that we've been up to. I really can't believe that we went to Trader Sam's and then came here and got a margarita, and I'm not, like, stumbling all over the place. Well, we ate a lot of food tonight. This is true. Uh, so, as you all know, we do have a giveaway. We've got a contest, courtesy of our dear friends over at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Uh, our friends that have been with us for quite some time that are very kind to provide us straw charms to give away to you, our friends, uh, live on air here for our Dockside Chats. Um, we have... I got to think. So we've been doing it, and it's been working out great, because we want to make sure that somebody that listens to the episode actually wins the straw charm. So I've been I've been giving people a word to use. Yes, and we have, we have our January and February winners, so this will be our March winner. And they do have one of their bestsellers is the Shamrock Straw Charm. Um, so if you don't win with us, you can check them out on Instagram and Etsy at Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Uh, and when you use the code Monoreal10 at checkout, you will get a discount. So you can get a straw charm for yourself. Yes. 
Uh, let's see. What what do I want the word to be for this month's Dockside Chat? Ooh. See, it's easy. It's like, I want, I want to lean into the Mardi Gras thing, but... You say the word feet, and it can be off-putting. So I can't go with feet like feet can't fail me now. That's that's off-putting to me. Uh, let's use the word... Zombie. I drank a zombie tonight at Trader Sam's. So, uh, that's going to be the word. The first person to either DM us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or email us at monorealradio at gmail.com, the word zombie will win a straw charm courtesy of the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. Thank you for joining us this month on our Dockside Chat. And this year that we've and been this here. Year, I can't believe it. We've really loved the feedback on all these Dockside Chats. Hopefully you guys are enjoying them. If you're not enjoying them, don't listen to them. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we're having a good time with them. Um, it's been nice. Listen, we love Monoreal. We love our, our format. But it is nice sometimes to kind of break format and talk about things that we're doing here as Disney Parks locals. And, and we hope that it's helpful. If you are planning a trip, you know, just sharing our experiences of some of the hacks that we've picked up as locals, uh, some of the stumbles that we've encountered, things that we wouldn't do again. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up. Um, certainly, if you are planning a vacation, definitely get in touch with me and I will help you book and plan. Um, and I guess until next time. Yes. Uh, be sure to following us. Uh, be sure to follow us on that social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monoreal Radio. Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. And for links to everything related to the show, it's online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. Bye.